is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877 You can hear I've got something. I've had it for like uh, since Friday night. Don't know if it's the flu or COVID or God knows what, but here we are. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about something that if you even mention it becomes controversial, but I can't help that. We now live in a world where, quite frankly, the Marxist left and the Democrat Party control the media, they control the culture, they control the rhetoric. And I won't lay down for this. I won't even lie down for this. Because the truth is the truth. Now, what do I mean by that? Let me start it this way. If you're a Marxist, you cannot be a practicing Jew or a practicing Christian or a practicing anything. Because Marxism <laughs> will work on it. Because Marxism, by definition, rejects faith, rejects God, rejects differing points of view. Every Marxist regime whether it's North Korea, Cuba, the old Soviet Union, the only so-called religious institutions they tolerate are those that they control and that support them. Other than that, no. And that is why many of these Marxist leaders want their photos placed in these churches and so forth. I just saw a report where Bernie Sanders is demanding that any aid to Israel be conditioned on basically destroying Israel. And in that report they said Bernie Sanders who's Jewish. Jamie Raskin is quoted all over the place and Jamie Raskin as well as another cabal of Marxists in the house who are Jewish are demanding that Israel unilaterally cease firing. 
They got a name, guy by the name of Noam Chomsky. To my view, is a Marxist. He helped form one of these Jewish groups that you see in the Capitol a month or so ago and so forth. And they're Jewish by birth, but they're not Jewish in any other way. You have a guy called Thomas Friedman at the New York Times. I'm going to talk a little bit more about him a little later. Who writes these unhinged columns. And when he writes them about Israel, they all have the same thread. It's repetitive. It's almost illiterate. Yet he gets these Pulitzer Prizes. That the state of Israel shouldn't exist as it exists now. That if you elect anybody but radicals to that government, then the government's illegitimate and should be overthrown and on and on and on. The same Thomas Friedman who was praising communist China not too long ago. If you're a Marxist, or if you embrace Marxism in one form or another, you cannot be pro-Israel. And Marx writes about violent revolutions. Violent revolutions. Overthrowing the status quo. Most Marxists are also anti-Semites. They might say, but some of them are Jews. I mean, Mark, you just talked about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is one of the leading Israel haters in our country. Noam Chomsky insists on the destruction of Israel. Jamie Raskin's father, Marcus Raskin, was very close to the old Soviet Union. And I would argue he was a communist. And Mr. Raskin has been invited on here multiple times, and he's free to debate it. But this father was hard, hard left. So when your worldview is not based on your faith, you're born a Jew. You don't have any control over being born a Jew or whatever you're born. When your worldview is based on a tyrannical ideology, everything else is secondary. In fact, nothing else matters. This is what I mean when I call some of these people self-hating Jews. Is Judaism an ethnicity? Is it a faith? What is it? In my view, it's both. And so if you're a Marxist, you're Jewish by ethnicity, by birth. But you're not Jewish by belief system. There aren't a whole lot of Orthodox Jews who are Marxists. Just aren't. And you can look at your own faith if you're not Jewish. You can see the same thing. Most truly faithful Catholics could never be Marxists. Most Marxists could never be truly faithful Catholics and vice versa, and, 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 and down the list. And so when I talk about self-hating Jews, I come under horrendous attack. Here I am, a person who loves his faith, who loves America. Two, three weeks ago, there was an effort by Media Matters, which is now being criminally sued. I want to get into that later. 
followed up by CNN. Mediaite, which is also founded by a Jewish gentleman, and others, that I was an anti-Semite. This is how it works. You need to understand. This is what Marxists do. By Marxists, I don't mean necessarily of the Karl Marx word. I wrote an entire book about what I meant, called American Marxism. And these people, these self-hating Jews, fit very neatly <clears throat> into American Marxism. The New York Times has been one of the most outspoken, outspoken media outlets, media corporations, trashing Jews and Judaism for over 100 years. And today is one of the leading media outlets undermining Israel's war against the Hamas Nazis. So when you teach this Marxism in colleges and universities, you're teaching anti-Americanism, and you're teaching anti-Semitism. And when you combine that with the Islamist ideology, which really grew into about 40, 50 years ago, also on our college campuses and our universities, and also on places like MSNBC, there's an overlap. There's an overlap. Now, there's something quite nefarious going on. I look at this guy Blinken. We're told over and over and over again he's Jewish. Okay, great. Who cares? We're told over and over and over again that Thomas Friedman's Jewish. Bernie Sanders today. He's Jewish. Jamie Raskin's Jewish. And none of them are strong supporters. None of them. Of Israel. Oh, they'll say they are, but they're not. If only Israel would give up Judea and Samaria. If only Israel would allow a two-state solution. If only Israel would get rid of their right-wing government and Netanyahu. If only Israel would be involved in a ceasefire right now. Provide fuel to Gaza. Provide food and medicine. If only Israel would do these things. If Israel did what they wanted, there'd be no Israel. Which brings me to my second point. When you think about what took place on October 7th and what's taking place today, you can see why the future's dark. Very dark. One of the Israeli spokesmen said, hey, look, in, in response to the four billionth question about civilians in Gaza, they voted for Hamas, so they have to suffer the consequences. Isn't that right? Isn't that what happened with Nazi Germany? I mean, isn't that true? They installed Hamas. And there's a survey out here now, and I've posted it, that the vast majority of Palestinians 
support what took place on October 7th. So we're told there's this big gap between Hamas and Palestinians. But there's not. There's not this big gap. I didn't do the survey. So what are we supposed to do? Pretend that that's not true? And slice and dice up Israel? Based on a fiction? Who is this great Palestinian peace leader? Who is he? Who is their Martin Luther King? They don't have one. Be killed in two seconds. So they talk about the moderate Palestinian Liberation Organization, led by Abbas, who's a terrorist. Moderate. And they'll repeat that over and over and over again. They're moderate, they're moderate, they're moderate. They're not moderate, they're killers, they're terrorists. It was created by Arafat in the early 1960s. A killer, a terrorist who killed Americans, many Americans. So why is it our cause, America's cause? After all these years of mass murder, including of Americans... To create a brand new special country for the Palestinians. Based on what? The Israelis are fighting and they're dying. Their IDF soldiers dying. And one soldier who dies over there is like 10,000 here. It is big deal. You don't hear any concern about their soldiers. Most of them, as I've told you before... Our citizen soldiers. Nobody, nobody cries over their death. Never the Israelis ask, well, if you fight the war this way, aren't you going to learn, lose more people? Nobody asks that question. Everybody knows what Hamas is doing in the Gaza Strip. Everybody knows that they want as many casualties as possible. They want video, and they're getting it, and they're giving it to the American media and the world media. The American media and the world media are doing exactly what Hamas wants them to do, so more babies are dying and more people are killed as a result of it. And, of course, they don't take any responsibility for anything. Nothing. You don't give the enemy fuel and food and medical care. There are many Israeli leaders who even disagree with me. The fastest way to get this over with is to get it over with. The fastest way to save as many people as you can is to get it over with. You cannot allow people like Blinken, another self-hating Jew who appoints a boyhood friend as the envoy to Iran, and that boyhood friend brings in spies... That boyhood friend is selling out America to Iran. That boyhood friend just lost his classified clearance and nobody knows why. Blinken is the Biden whisperer, whispering in his ear. He's the one responsible for rearming Iran, which means rearming Hamas and Hezbollah and the rest of the Iraq terrorists. Blinken. Who's following Thomas Friedman's columns. 
Nothing I'm saying to you is <clears throat> untrue. Nothing I'm saying to you is actually controversial. But they don't want to debate, they don't want to engage, and they don't want to discuss. They want to destroy. Well, I'm going to tell you what I believe, and that's the way it goes. I'll be right back. Mark Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Everybody in the media knows what I'm going to say about this in the Jerusalem Post. A total of 75% of respondents agreed with the October 7 attack. This is the Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank. They agreed that they support a single Palestinian state, quote, from the river to the sea. So what they agree on is the extermination of Israel and the Jews. Now, why isn't our policy based on acknowledging reality? If that's the case, there can never be, quote-unquote, a two-state solution. Moreover, Hamas isn't about a state, it's about a caliphate, as I keep explaining, as is Hezbollah, as is Iran. They're not satisfied with controlling Persia, they're not satisfied with controlling Lebanon, they're not satisfied with controlling the Gaza Strip. And if you take two seconds to look at their ideology, and it's not just Jews, it's Christians, it's Hindus, it's, it's Buddhists, it's uh, whatever it is. And they intend to do to the world population what they did to those people on October 7th. So 75% of the Palestinians agree with October 7th. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k, and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. 
Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. Here it is. After Hamas's devastating October 7 massacre, what did this poll find, which was done by the Arab World for Research and Development? Palestinian society, they write, seems much less divided on the issue compared to the rest of the world, according to a November 14 poll by the Arab World for Research and Development. When asked the leading question, how much do you support the military operation carried out by the Palestinian resistance led by Hamas on October 7, see the Arabs, Palestinian resistance. Palestinians living in the West Bank overwhelmingly answered that they supported the attack to either an extreme or somewhat extent, 83.1%. Only 6.9% answered that they were extremely or somewhat against the attack. 8.4% expressed they didn't really know what's going on. Palestinians living in the Gaza Strip showed a little less consensus, but the overall majority supported the attack. A mass of 63.6% said they supported the attack extremely or to somewhat extent. 14.4% answered that they didn't oppose or support the attack. What do you think of that? Very few differences were found in the beliefs between Palestinian women and Palestinian men when it came to supporting the October 7 attack. And it goes on. And the takeaway from this is, and the reason you're not seeing it in most of the media, the reason you didn't hear it on the Sunday shows, the reason they don't discuss it on CNN and MSNBC and the other platforms, is because it, it proves the lie that there's this huge difference between Hamas and the Palestinians. Hamas is Palestinian. And as horrendous as all this is, not the majority, the vast, overwhelming majority of Palestinians support it. This will never be discussed on these other networks in any significant way. It's not something Blinken or Sullivan, or certainly Biden, will talk about, as they're already trying to split up the state of Israel. There is a built-in anti-Semitism in our government, in the Department of State, that goes back to World War II, and it's there today. And it's led by Blinken. And it has a voice by Thomas Friedman. And as I keep saying, when you look at World War II and the Holocaust, you had self-hating Jews who covered it up, or who were more FDR Democrat than they were religious, I've studied this. Others have written about it. I've written about it. I'm not going to pretend it's not happening. It is happening right now. It's happening right now. Now, I posted something over the weekend. It got a lot of attention. I want to thank those who who went with it because I think it's important. And I'm trying to pull it up as I speak here. But, of course, it won't come up. There it is. I want to read this to you. 
it's crystal clear now that Blinken is exploiting the war against Israel to destroy the existing state of Israel by using pressure, threats, blackmail, leaks, the media, diplomatic backstabbing, the Arab states, the EU, and the UN. Read the Blinken memo I have included in this post. And I attached the entire memo that came out, oh, about seven to ten days ago. I don't believe it was intended to go public. But here's the pull quote from the memo. Quote, As I said in private and in public, this is Blinken writing to the entire State Department. We believe Palestinian people's voices and aspirations must be at the center of post-crisis governance in Gaza. Well, it is. They support Hamas. I don't understand this. They're telling us they support Hamas. They voted for Hamas. We believe in Palestinian-led governance of Gaza. With Gaza unified with the West Bank. Okay. Gaza unified with the West Bank. So now you're going to take all of Judea and Samaria, Israel's ancestral land, the Jewish people's ancestral land, and hand it to the Palestinians. Now keep in mind, if Blinken has his way, they'll be handing this to the very people who tried to slaughter the Jews just six weeks ago. So in other words, their terrorism will be rewarded. Gaza's reconstruction must be supported with a sustained mechanism. We also underscored America's firm opposition to actions that would undermine efforts to build lasting peace and security. No forcible displacement of Palestinian civilians from Gaza, not now, not after the fighting stops. Now let's stop there. That was Egypt's land, not Palestinian land. So just following this, now the Palestinians have a forever right to it. Because it was given to them in 2005 by the Israelis, so now it's theirs. Israel, nothing's permanent. And I want to remind you, after World War II, there was a denazification of Germany. There was a, an effort to change the cultural belief system in Japan and other places, too. You don't just win wars and then give the land to the loser and then hope they'll do better things. You've got an entire culture going from when the Palestinians are babies all the way till whatever age they are, brainwashing them. And what Blinken's saying is we're not going to address that. Well, then that's disaster. He goes, no reoccupation of Gaza after the conflict. I got to thinking. Somebody elect this guy? He's a longtime bureaucrat. He worked for Joe Biden when Biden was a senator. He was a Senate staffer. He's been to Poison Ivy League, you know, courses and so forth. And now he's there. And he's telling the whole world what's going to happen. Nobody's elected him. He says, no reoccupation of Gaza after the conflict, no attempt to blockade or besiege Gaza, no reduction in the territory of Gaza, no use of Gaza as a platform for terrorism or other violent acts, and no tolerating the use of the West Bank to carry out such attacks. What does this even mean? No more, listen to this, violence from extremist settlers in the West Bank. 
The only time he uses extremists is when he's talking about the Jews in the West Bank. And I will repeat this. Any Native American who lives on their ancestral lands is not a settler. And neither are the Jews. Here's what I wrote. Having posted that part of his memo. And the entire memo is available. This explains the current pressure campaign by leftists in Israel to try and topple the Netanyahu-led conservative government. To replace it with radical left-wing parties that will deliver Israel to the effective control of the United States State Department, where Blinken, a mere-appointed U.S. cabinet secretary in our government, will determine Israel's fate. And with the Blinken plan, Israel will not survive, certainly not for long. This has been the plan since Obama was president. This is a plan that's been pushed by the New York Times and Thomas Friedman. The plan pushed when Blinken was Deputy Secretary of State to Obama. And you should have heard how John McCain on the floor of the Senate eviscerated this guy Blinken when he was up for Deputy Secretary of State and said absolutely not. And I've linked to that as well, and you really ought to check it out. It really is compelling. And he predicts what Blinken is and what Blinken will be, and it's true. It's prescient. Blinken, the Biden whisperer, is behind pouring $100 billion into the rearming of Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, and the Yudis. Blinken set the Middle East on fire immediately upon taking office at the State Department nearly three years ago, lifting or refusing to enforce virtually every sanction on Iran. Blinken destroyed the popular uprising in Iran, where the Iranians sought to remove their murderous regime by backing the Iranian regime with its, over its people. Blinken chose Robert Malley, a Marxist supporter of Iran, as the U.S. envoy to Iran, to negotiate another nuclear deal. Malley installed a high-level Iranian spy ring in Washington and undermined our nation and Israel at every turn. The Obama-Biden-Blinken so-called realignment is now underway. And the consequences are dire and grave for Israel and the United States, indeed for the entire Middle East and the world. It is a hideous and diabolical plan being instituted right now without any transparency, involvement of Congress, or the American people. It is the brainchild of a small cabal of rogue, radical left-wing foreign policy arsonists who could easily trigger World War III. Mark, what does any of this have to do with us? It could easily trigger World War III. The question is, how long will this go on before Blinken is stopped? Where are the House Republican Committee chairman? Where are the Senate Republicans? Where are conservative think tanks? Where are the conservative media? I understand that the Democrat Party media and the Democrat Party are worse than useless. In fact, they're colluders and propagandists for this, from Thomas Friedman at the New York Times to Jamie Raskin in the House. But if there is not an organized pushback immediately, a relentless and public demand for accountability and transparency, and the targeted Blinken for impeachment, successful or not, evil will prevail. Never forget all the disasters the Biden whisperer has unleashed in his mere three years running American foreign policy, and the death and humanity and impoverishment he has imposed on one region and society after another. hearing about the hostages in Gaza which is horrendous we don't hear a single syllable 
about the American citizens in Afghanistan. What's the progress of that negotiation? There are no negotiations. It's like it never happened. What are the families of the people left in Afghanistan? American citizens. They don't even know how many. But it's Israel's obligation to undo what Hamas did. It's Israel's obligation to get the hostages out. Not the rest of the world. Not the United States. Not Britain. No, Israel's obligation to defeat an enemy whose people celebrate October 7th as they celebrated 9-11. Let us not forget. It's Israel's responsibility to feed and medicate the people in Gaza while it's trying to defeat Hamas. And I saw more pictures today of babies who are being moved to be taken care of in other parts. Not just Gaza, but into Egypt, and the Israelis are trying to take care of them. I didn't see anything about Hamas taking care of anybody. So look, without getting into every individual fact and into the weeds here, here's the bottom line. The Palestinians do not want peace, period. Not just Hamas, not just the PLO. The Palestinian people celebrate October 7th. They celebrate 9-11. They elected Hamas. They elected Abbas. And they support what's taken place. That is reality. Whether people want to hear it or not, the agenda being pushed by the media, the Democrat Party, the State Department, and the Oval Office is an agenda built on a lie, on a fiction. Even some of the Israeli government, even some outside the Israeli government in Israel, they embrace this fiction. They want to believe. Well, they can believe it if they want, but it's not true. It's not true. In this poll that was done by an Arab group, from the river to the sea, the vast majority of Palestinians agree with that. That's why all this talk. So what's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on here. And you righteous Gentiles out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't have to be Jewish to know this. You just have to be a righteous human being who knows good from bad. What's going on here is there's not another country on the face of the earth that would be treated like this by the United States. By the New York Times. By CNN and MSNBC. Not another country on the face of the earth where a tiny minority of people are fighting for their survival who live on their ancestral lands. And whose people were slaughtered like they were six weeks ago. There's not another country on the face of the earth that would have to continually have a PR war to defend itself and be told to tie its arms behind its back when it fights. The reason is it's because it's a Jewish state. This wouldn't happen to the British, wouldn't happen to the French, wouldn't happen to anybody else. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. There's a piece written at one of my favorite sites, Town Hall, by a good man, Matt Vespa. He says, when Israel began conducting airstrikes in Gaza, everyone knew there was going to be displacement. The military operation comes after Hamas invaded Israel on October 7th. On October 28th, the ground invasion began, leading to scores of Palestinians attempting to make their way south to safety. Hamas shot some who tried to flee. As the left rages against Israel hurling anti-Semitic slurs and chanting for more Jews to die, some might wonder to consider why the civilians have nowhere to go goes beyond geography, the Palestinians bring trouble and have a long-sorted history of fomenting mayhem and terrorism in other Arab nations. Egypt is the logical destination for Palestinians, but Cairo doesn't want them, and for good reason, terrorism. The border crossing at Rafah remains closed, with tanks now deployed to ensure their border is secure. Egypt's Prime Minister even said his country is willing to sacrifice millions to ensure no Palestinians ever enter Egypt. And, of course, Jordan has a reason to oppose them. 1970s, the late King Hussein declared war on them. Drove them out of his country because they were trying to overthrow him. That's just two examples. I'm out of time. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Even with whatever it is that I have, and I don't know about it later tonight, the brain still functions perfectly. Not always the mouth, got an intense headache, all the rest of it, but we're plowing ahead. So here's this. The Economist. Donald Trump is the biggest danger to the world. Now, this is the tactic they're going to use throughout the campaign. And they did it in the midterms, and it worked to some extent. They know that 
Joe Biden cannot be trusted. You're a stove. Alone as president of the United States. They know they're going to have to run one of these campaigns where everybody's out campaigning for him, where they're throwing every kind of political grenade that they can at Trump, at the Republican Party. And so Donald Trump is Hitler. They worked on that a week or two ago. Donald Trump will destroy democracy. Now, keep in mind, Donald Trump was president for four years. And his record is extraordinary. Donald Trump is the biggest danger in the world. Donald Trump will be going after his enemies. Now, of course, that's what they do, but you get the point. At Breitbart, Neil Monroe, former President Donald Trump, quote, poses the biggest danger to the world in 2024, says The Economist, a leading globalist magazine. That it is for sure. A shadow looms over the world, declares the November 16 article, adding that the prospect of a second Trump term fills the world's parliaments and boardrooms with despair. No, it fills the enemy with despair. Truly. The enemy. So what's happening now? What's happening is the Republican establishment in Washington... The Republicans in name only, former governors and so forth. The uniparty billionaires, like this guy Griffin and Saban and these other guys. And Wall Street are all now supporting, backing openly, quietly, Nikki Haley. Why would they back Nikki Haley? Because Nikki Haley is who I said she is. She's George Bush in a dress. Which Bush? Either one, it doesn't matter. You hear Carl Rove talking her up. Mitt Romney's top money guy, another billionaire, has joined Nikki Haley's team. Media, friendly to big business and Wall Street, like the Wall Street Journal editorial page, they're all in. Fools like Peggy Noonan. And it's not just them. Nikki Haley's been meeting with these billionaires. This guy Ratfink, I mean Fink, who heads Blackstone. And I posted on that, and we got a, an inquiry from Vivek Ramaswamy, who said, Mark, what if I come on to discuss that? And I said, absolutely come on. So he'll be on in the next hour. You wrote a whole book on this, by the way. Entire book. So Nikki Haley's not from Main Street. She's not for the little guy. She ran South Carolina's governor for years and years. She doesn't run on her record. She has a very poor or bland record. And as I also posted over the weekend, what turned me on Nikki Haley... was back in April when Ron DeSantis was fighting Disney and he was being attacked by the left and she jumped in and attacked him too. And then she offers Disney, why don't you come to South Carolina? We'd love to have you there and bring all the jobs with you. Here you have a governor in DeSantis 
was in the middle of the culture war. And there she is. And now she's eyeball deep with the establishment, totally out of the closet. And you get organizations now, media organizations, that are very supportive of her. And she's on cable news a lot, wouldn't you say, Mr. Producer? A lot, in my humble opinion. <clears throat> and um, I'll give you an example. I'm trying to look it up. Now, there is a, a website news operation. Barely a news operation, but most of them are barely, called Semaphore. I know, you never heard of it before. Semaphore. And uh, one of the founders of Semaphore, let me just pull it up, I want to be 100% accurate, just give me, give me a second, is a guy who was involved in the Russia collusion stuff and the, you know, the dossier... And stick with me. This will be important. I am currently. This is live radio, national and live. One second. Here we go. And um, they have not revealed their real connections, this group, Semaphore. Semaphore was founded by, among others, Ben Smith, former editor in chief of BuzzFeed. Remember that operation? Disaster. Justin Smith, former CEO of Bloomberg Media. There was this big kiss-ass piece by this guy, Ben Smith, for Nikki Haley last week. That she knows how to navigate the media, that she's turning out to be there. Just slobbering all over her. Now, why would he do that? Because this, this uh, website, Semaphore, doesn't reveal some of its connections. And once they're found out, makes excuses or tries to cover them up. I'm just looking here at Wikipedia, which is mostly unreliable, but still in this, it's pretty good. So what is this Semaphore that's backing Nikki Haley, if not directly, certainly by implication? And, of course, attacked my stepson and me because he works with DeSantis. Which the whole world knows, but apparently they didn't. But I make my own decisions. I decide what I'm going to do. You have adult children, they'll do what they want to do, and that's okay. You know, I'm just thankful we don't have any kids that support Bernie Sanders. You know how many callers come here and, and correctly say, my God, I've lost this kid. We haven't lost any of our four. But let me go on. Operations were initially supported, stick with me, you'll see how this works, by $25 million investment funding, as well as revenue generated from advertising in-person investments. You know who their biggest initial investor was, Mr. Producer? Sam Bankman-Fried, who's in prison for ripping off God knows how many people. That's an inauspicious beginning, I would say, but this is semi-force. So their first 
biggest investor. In May 2023, Semaphore raised $19 million in additional funding from investors to replace the money that they had received from Bankman Freed. So what? He was their largest external investor. Their largest external investor. So that shows you some of their judgment. Now, they don't put that up on their site. They don't have a footnote and say, Let, let's tell you about us. So people who quote Semi-4, go to Semi-4, they don't know these things. They don't know these things. There's more. In March 2023, Semi-4 launched its China and Global Business Initiative, quote-unquote, a collaboration with the Center for China and Globalization, CCG, a think tank registered as a non-government organization, though its independence from the Communist Chinese Party has been disputed. Semaphore has said the project's purpose is to offer, quote, a diversity of opinion, unquote, and, quote, an alternative to Washington's hawkish consensus on Beijing. Now, you know what that means. They want to appease Communist China for business. The initiative would consist of regular events in New York and Beijing, and would foster dialogue between business leaders and increasing China-U.S. tensions. Now you see why they're promoting Nikki Haley. Yet they don't present any of this on their website. They don't reveal their connections. They don't reveal their business model. Semaphore's partnership with the CCG has occasionally come under scrutiny. Semaphore CEO Justin Smith said Semaphore would go into the collaboration with eyes wide open and that it was under no illusion that Chinese business leaders or other local groups operate independently of the Chinese Communist Party. And he said they would retain independent editorial control and full ownership of the project. So what? This project, this is how they're raising money it's not just a quote-unquote news site, but they're trying to raise money with these seminars, with these big businesses, the corporatists, with links to the communist Chinese. In many respects, it reminds me of Hunter Biden. This is sort of a Hunter Biden operation, in my view, just my opinion. The project's advisory board contains both U.S. and Chinese business leaders and academics, including several influential members of the Chinese Communist Party and former Chinese government officials, including Zhu Jiubang, the chairman of CATL, who is also a member of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. Wang Baba, founder and president of CCG. Other advisors include Chen Deming, former minister of commerce. Ku Tiaki, a former ambassador of China to the U.S. Zhao Zhuzhan, a former governor of the People's Bank of China. What do you think of that, America? U.S. board members include Jessica Chan Weiss, a professor of Cornell, former senior advisor to the Department of State's policy planning staff, Jerry Yang, co-founder of Yahoo, Susan Thornton, former acting assistant secretary of state for East Asian and Public Affairs. I'm sure they're all Democrats. Rana Mettner, St. Lee chair in U.S. Asia relations, Harvard Kennedy School, and it goes on. Does that sound like an independent media operation to you, Mr. Producer? Now, I wonder, too. Now, when we come back, I want to read you the piece, if I can find it. 
that the co-founder of this so-called news site wrote about Nikki Haley. This is no independent operation. That's why they're on the attack against anybody who doesn't agree with them, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or anybody else. And they certainly haven't revealed this information. I had to go dig it up. Of their incestuous relationship with the Communist Chinese Party, that's pretty damn sick. And their outrageously contemptible judgment, such as it is, on who their biggest first outside investor was, who's now sitting in prison for stealing billions from, from the American people. This is Semaphore, S-E-M-A-F-O-R. I'll be right back. Lovin. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. So here's Semaphore, which is really Semabore, but nonetheless, it just came on the scene. It's about globalism. It's got interlocking connections with the communist regime in China, while it claims it's independent. One of its first and major outside investors, uh, I just told you, multi-billionaire who's now going to prison for ripping people off. But it's amazing how these sites don't reveal something as important as who they're working with, who they're colluding with, who they're meeting with on a regular basis, and how they're making money out of it. That's their business model. So Ben Smith writes, why Nikki Haley is ready for this ugly media moment. So of course they're going to hawk... Nikki Haley, it's becoming much more obvious now what's going on here. None of us should be silent about it. The Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, Carl Rove wing of the Republican Party, that is the dead-enders, the establishment, soon to be the Wall Street Journal, and others are rallying around her. Why? Because she's not us, that's why. He writes, the Republican presidential primary is, against all odds, starting to look like the exact thing Donald Trump sought to avoid. A winnowing field that could plausibly produce just one ticket out of the January 15 Iowa caucus, a real presidential face-off in New Hampshire, and a high-profile moment of opportunity for a challenger. By the way, there's a long hist, a li- a list 
of individuals in the Republican primary who won New Hampshire and went on to lose. Just so you know. Same with Iowa. Our friend Ted Cruz won Iowa. And same with South Carolina. He says, I'm using opportunity here loosely, of course. Trump is still putting up big numbers with Republicans and dominating news cycles while trying to persuade the press his nomination is inevitable and his rivals are a boring sideshow. So far, it's pretty much been successful. But it's not possible to imagine a strong Haley performance in Iowa, making her suddenly competitive with all the national attention that comes with it. And if you spent the spring of 2010 in Columbia, South Carolina, which I was lucky enough to do, you might have reason to believe that Haley is unusually well qualified for the absolute insanity of a one-on-one primary face-off with Trump. And he goes into this whole thing about South Carolina politics, uh, that she was a third-term state representative. Uh, her mentor, by the way, was Mark Sanford. Remember him? That whole clownish thing with his adultery and all the rest of it. Anyway. She ran as a reformist. He points out she knew how to use her gender in a way that wasn't so obvious and yet was used in order to attract votes, particularly from women, which is exactly what she's doing right now. Exactly. A, uh, let's see here. I've been reading through my blog entries about the race, he says, which I covered in Twitter-level detail for Politico. It was so crazy, Hillary's accuser was simultaneously playing the roles of Matt Drudge and Monica Lewinsky. There was Sayla Palin swooping in to Haley's rescue with a robocall telling voters, they come after you with all kinds of made-up nonsense to try and knock you down. Believe me, I've been there. Then there was the moment when the Haley accuser endorsed her, in the most conflicted sense imaginable, Sanford and it goes on and on and on. There you have it. So semaphore cannot be taken seriously. It has ties to the communist regime in China, or certainly a number of its entities. And that's what it's in business to do. Corporatism. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Elon Musk sues Media Matters after report about ads next to anti-Semitic content. Unfortunately, Mr. Reducer, I'd like to read it, but it disappeared. Would you send that to me again, please? We'll get it, America. This is important. Media Matters is a George Soros front group. It has as its sole purpose to libel, to defame, to smear conservatives, 
Fox News, talk radio, me, so forth and so on. But they've met their match now. And I would tell Elon Musk publicly, I'd be happy to be a, a fact witness. And here it is, Reuters. X sues Media Matters after report about ads next to anti-Semitic content. Messaging platform X on Monday sued Media Watchdog Group, Media Matters. See, see how they report that? It's a Soros front group. It's not a Media Watchdog Group. Alleging the organization defamed the platform after it published a report that said ads for major brands had appeared next to posts touting Nazism. Twitter has faced growing outrage since Media Matters published the report on Thursday, which led IBM, Comcast, Comcast, Comcast is promoting more Islamists and the Hamas Nazi message than any organization in America. Maybe it's time that we boycott Comcast and several other advertisers to pull ads from the platform in response. On Saturday, Musk posted that X would file a thermonuclear lawsuit against Media Matters and others, quote, who colluded in this fraudulent attack on our company. Listen, I have been fraudulently attacked by this group, too, repeatedly. Rush was, others are, foxes constantly. On Saturday, Musk posted that X would file this suit. Since Musk purchased Twitter for $44 billion in October 2022, a stream of... Here, here we go, Reuters, which was, maybe it still is a British wire service that promotes the Hamas Nazis daily. Twitter's chief executive, Linda Yacarino, told employees in a note on Sunday that while some advertisers have paused their investments, following the report's publication, the company had been clear about its efforts to fight anti-Semitism and discrimination. Now, I would advise them as a legal matter. You can also sue secondary and tertiary sources. So, for instance, if Matt Drudge took what Media Matters said and aggregated it on his website and promoted it, he could be sued too. If CNN promoted it, they can be sued too. If MSNBC, Comcast of all outfits, they can be sued too. If you search for white nationalist content, there are ads flourishing. The system that they say exists is not operating as such, says President of Media Matters, Angelo Carasone. Angelo Carasone, as I've pointed out, all you have to do is a Google search. He's a racist, he's a bigot, and he's an anti-Semite. He's even homophobic, even though he claims to be gay. And Media Matters is the site That is used by the likes of CNN and others to call me an anti-Semite. That just shows you how sick they are, how perverse they are, and how they do in fact libel people. So, another recommendation in the course of this litigation, extensive discovery. All the emails and texts you can get from Angelo Corazone. All of his little lapdogs over there. All communications to see the extent of the libel. As well as who's funding them. Who's funding them. You should be able to gather all that information in a very, very extensive discovery practice. 
a discovery pursuit here. And then you have to ask yourselves, how can the Internal Revenue Service allow this organization to parade as a nonpartisan, bipartisan, not-for-profit organization? It profits from promoting these attacks on anybody it disagrees with. So there's the big news, and he's right. This is how this group tries to destroy people. I would add another thing. This was brought to my attention over the weekend. If you go to the comments section of Mediate, Mediate, the comment section of Mediate, and you look at their post about me being an anti-Semite, you look at the content section, the comment section, I'm saying, the comment section. The number of Nazis, neo-Nazis, Islamicists, if they're not, if that's not what they are, they have a funny way of, of posting. Just look at the extent of it. Look at the foul language. This is what Dan Abrams has created. Well, we don't control that. You sure as hell do. It's your site. Who else controls it? So all these sites, Media Matters, Mediaite, they're foul, they're filthy, they're liars. This guy, Colby Hall. Colby Hall looks exactly as I characterize leftists. A fat slob probably sits in his basement with a tank top. Probably doesn't shower for three or four days. Oh, I'm going to get this guy. Let me post this. And then I see that he was basically some kind of digital production guy. For iHeart. Now he's a big dog, Colby Hall. Colby, Colby, mama's calling you Colby. That's Mediate, another disgusting operation. Anti-Trump, 98% of the time. Anti-Fox, the other 2% of the time. They've hired a couple of people, I don't remember their names because they're all nobodies, but they hired a couple of people who sort of are the closet conservatives every now and then. They'll, hey, hey, but what about this? So I'm hoping with this lawsuit by Elon Musk, this is the beginning of cleaning up the media. I don't mean free speech. I mean cleaning up the frauds, the phonies, the reprobates, the miscreants, and the malcontents who pretend to be news sites but have actually destroyed the news profession. They've destroyed the news profession. Even Reuters is there, a media watchdog. They're not media watchdog, you clowns. We'll keep an eye on that suit. And he also mentions there's more to come, doesn't he, Mr. Producer? I hope so. And um, in an interview with Reuters earlier today, Media Matters President Angelo Carasone, I told you this guy's a sleazeball, said the nonprofit's findings flew in the face of exit statements that it had introduced safety protections to prevent ads from appearing next to harmful content. Look, ladies and gentlemen, you can try and try and try. Nothing's going to be perfect. But that wasn't the implication at all. The implication was that Elon Musk is anti-Semitic and his organization's anti-Semitic, that he was promoting these anti-Semitic sites. It wasn't that he wasn't more carefully and more effectively, you know, managing the, uh, the site. And that's why he lost sponsors. 
And that's why you saw headline after headline after headline. He says, if you search for white nationalist content, there are ads flourishing. The system they say exists is not operating as such. That doesn't mean he's a Nazi. Because if he's a Nazi, everybody that works in media is a Nazi too. Because they're not policing at all their comment section. And it's filled with Nazi-like language and hate. Not just against me, but generally. As well as pornographic references. So is Mediate a Nazi site? Maybe Dan Abrams needs to get his ass suit off and he can do a whole show on it. How do you do a whole do shows on the courtrooms, Mr. Producer? Law and Order? I have a brand new show for Dan Abrams. Dan Abrams, Defendant. Wouldn't that be a great show? Dan Abrams, Defendant. Because of all the Nazi, neo Nazi. Pornographic references on his site. Hey, those are comments. You know, we believe in free speech. Okay, great. So you're not going to police this stuff? No, we're not. And we're not. That's another media watchdog group. <laughs> Mediaite. Media men. We're media watchdog groups. Who says? We say. We've announced that we're media men. And all they do is attack, attack, attack. Trump. Conservatives. Um... Fox, Newsmax, OAN. That's all they do. But if I were Matt Drudge, assuming he's still with us, nobody really knows, I'd be looking over my shoulder too. Because all those hysterical, provocative headlines that you take when you take somebody's links and link to them, well... I don't know if the Musk lawyers are going to do it or not, but that's also actionable. Just saying. Just pointing it out, Mr. Producer. All right. Sorry, I'm a little slower today because I don't know what I'm fighting. It's either the flu or it's this frigging COVID again. <clears throat> but it seems to have lasted a little longer. So I'm, I don't know. I'm going to test it tonight and I'll know. Now, President Biden has turned 81 today. I know a lot of smart people who are 81. I know very smart people in their 90s. Sharp as can be. The problem with Joe Biden is the older he gets, the dumber he gets. So in other words, he may have turned 81, but he's got the mind of a 7-year-old. Next year, the mind of a 6-year-old. Everybody knows this. But here's the difference. I don't know what the hell is wrong with commentators who are conservative. But we don't want to push Joe Biden out. We don't want Newsom running as gruesome as Newsom is with a horrendous record. We want them to nominate Biden. Why wouldn't we? Apart from his, his mental situation, his record is a disaster. We want to run on his record. While they're calling Trump Hitler and a dictator and the greatest threat we have, the average person out there, they're going, wait a minute, the, the price of food? What is this? Inflation? Can't afford to get my car fixed? It's the bottom line. 
illegal immigration, the crime. As far as I'm concerned, he's the perfect Democrat candidate because he really does represent what they stand for. President Biden's team ramps up bubble wrap strategy to prevent stumbles, says RadarOnline.com. I don't know if this is a legitimate group or not. Radical left, but nonetheless, it makes sense. So they're bubble wrapping him. And the media are going to be fine with that because, you know, the media are going to be campaigning for Biden. They desperately want Donald Trump convicted of something so they can keep saying, convicted felon Donald Trump. You know, they want to help him. I'll be right back. Mark in. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Vivek Ramaswamy will be on right after the top of the hour. So Argentina elects a conservative president. So now he's right wing. He's anti-democratic. The world has to be afraid of him. No, he's not. He's a conservative. And he admires Donald Trump. They just elected him. The people there. You see, our media do not like elections unless they win. They don't like them unless they win. Now, the interesting thing is, he won by a landslide. A landslide. And one of the things he says, that on his confirmation, he would make visits to both Israel and the United States before his inauguration on December 10, trips he described as spiritual and intended to meet with rabbis whom he had consulted during the election says he's going to move the Argentine embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And he's going to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Now, you see this? This is the difference between a Bernie Sanders and a Noam Chomsky and a Jamie Raskin and a Soros. These are self-hating Jews. And this gentleman, who's not even Jewish, not even from the United States, he said he began studying the Torah and considered converting to Judaism. In 2021, and he keeps regular studies with multiple rabbis. Imagine that. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. 
It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, We want to welcome... Vivek Ramaswamy to the program. You know, Vivek, I have been uh, seeing over the course of the last 10 to 14 days that the Republican establishment, the lobbyists, the operatives in Washington, the Romneyites, the Mitch McConnell types, and the corporatists, the unit donors, are now coalescing around Nikki Haley. She's in New York. She's meeting with this guy, Larry Fink, at BlackRock. This is your expertise. This is what you wrote about and talked about before you ever decided to run for president. Tell us a little bit about BlackRock and Larry Fink. Yeah, well, look, BlackRock is arguably the most powerful company in human history because they aggregate over $10 trillion of our assets, of our retirement funds, of the money in your investment accounts or your 401k accounts. And they use it to buy up shares in corporate America of every public company in America to tell them to then adopt environmental and social agendas that run contrary to, A, the will of most Americans, and B, contrary to their best financial interests. So I think this is a largest-scale fiduciary breach and arguably antitrust violation of our century. It is a company that is using your own money without your knowledge to advance somebody else's left-wing political agenda. And it's happening every day without you voting at the ballot box to support it. So I think it is a major problem, and it's a major threat to our constitutional republic, and it's a threat to capitalism. And I find it deeply concerning that that same leader, Larry Fink, the leader of BlackRock, has now not only tilted his hands on the scale of the Democratic Party, but is now looking to turn the Republican Party into a subsidiary of their own power as well. And I can talk more about that, Mark, but the long story short is it was very concerning, and the ESG agenda is fundamentally anti-American, and now to see it potentially infiltrate the Republican Party is a problem, and I'm going to call that out. It's a huge problem. And uh, in addition to him, you saw these corporatists giving a standing ovation to Xi of China, which is really why he went to San Francisco, And Nikki Haley is lobbying them, and they are lobbying her. I'm thinking to myself, how the hell is she ever going to stand up to communist China? No? Well, she doesn't stand up to communist China, Mark. It's an act that she puts up. I mean, when she was the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., these are her words, not mine. She called China our great friend. 
She's brought Chinese companies with affiliations with the CCP to her state of South Carolina. And so that's, you know, I think you could say people made mistakes in the past. Do they learn from them? Fine. But in the present, the very mega donors in the Uniparty who are propping her up, the Larry Finks of the world, Larry Fink left her meeting to go straight to Xi Jinping. Later that day, Nikki Haley is the one that also says that she doesn't want people to be able to make anonymous posts on the Internet. Behaving China, behaving like China and emulating their behavior here, this is the problem with American politics, Mark, is that it's captured by the same financial forces that capture the Democrat Party. They're capturing the Republican Party, too, and they're capturing our capital markets and our American companies. And so I think that this is an example of everything we should be against, but it's infiltrating the Republican Party itself, and they're using Nikki Haley as the puppet they've propped up to advance those interests. Let me ask you this, too. Uh, she was governor for quite a while. She never runs on her record. Is her record that bad, or is that is her record just so nondescript? Well, I think there's elements to her record that are badly suspect that she'd probably not be wanting to talk about. Her entire career has involved getting special favors and giving special favors to certain class of companies. I mean, the, the pharmaceutical company that lent her a private jet won multi-million dollar state contracts. The company who she did special favors for, Boeing, to bring to South Carolina, is also the same company that she joins the board of after she leaves her time in government. So the whole history is littered with exactly this kind of behavior. Now, I'm not saying that's unique to Nikki Haley. That's standard uniparty behavior. Jump to the tune of the special interests that fund you, and money's the mother's milk of politics. And so she's not alone in that regard, but she's typical in that regard. And I do think it's going to take a leader coming from the outside to clean up that kind of mess. That's why I'm in this. She's very effective, not to me, not to you, but others, at using her gender while claiming she's not using her gender. I see that on the stage when she debates. Do you notice that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, in the last debate, I called out Ronna McDaniel on stage. You may remember that, Mark, because right. the Republican Party's been losing elections. Many you're cycles right. over. And Ron- well, and, and also Ronna McDaniel's pay rose three times over the period that the Republicans have had four disasters under her watch. And then I called out Kristen Welker, who is the NBC moderator of the debate hired by the RNC, for lying about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax and the Hunter Biden laptop story with no accountability. And I called out Nikki Haley for some of her corruption. So for that, Nikki Haley's now since been going on air on multiple networks calling me a, what was the word she said, sexist. She says, I have a girl problem. No, I don't have a girl problem. I have a problem with a corrupt uniparty that includes both men and women alike. Dick Cheney, you could think about the same, some of the same criticisms I'd have for him and of countless other people in the Republican Party and Democratic Party alike. But I do think it's interesting that there's another political party. Kamala Harris isn't going to run for president, it seems. So if Nikki Haley wants to run in the party of identity politics, she could have a better choice of the party she runs in, but tries to have it both ways, talking about kicking in heels, her heels being ammunition, while then thinking that being female and having two X chromosomes insulates her from criticism. That's the true sexism, and I'm not afraid to take that heat, Mark, and that's why I've been calling it out, but she has been using the allegation of me being sexist as a way of insulating herself from criticism, and that's not going to work with me. She seems to have uh, a green light to virtually go on any program she wants to. Have you noticed that? She's all over TV. Well the, mainstream media, well, the mainstream media has decided, right, that this is the kind of Republican that they can tolerate. This is the kind of Republican that will advance the kinds of agendas they stand for. 
This is the kind of Republican who, you know, let's say from issues from abortion to how tough we are in our foreign policy to funding wars that don't advance the U.S.'s interests to censorship of certain kinds of speech. Yes, this is the kind of person that the mainstream media can decide they can actually have a use for. They can control this kind of person. And so they've decided to use whatever power they can to prop her up as their puppet. So that's what's going on. I hope and trust that our base, our Republican Party primary base, is smart enough to know that they shouldn't just swallow what the media has force-fed them, is able to see the facts about somebody who is willing to be every bit as corrupt as Joe Biden and the Biden family, and the track record of her time as governor otherwise demonstrating that. So I trust the American people to see through it, but right now there's no doubt there's a love affair between the media and the one candidate among the major candidates on that debate stage who are left, who they can control. And I think that that's why they're using it. I actually have questions about her character. I'm going to tell you what I mean. I'd be interested in your comment on this. First, she backed Marco Rubio back in 2016. Then she backed Ted Cruz. But she took a job with Donald Trump to be the ambassador to the U.N. Later, she says, if Trump's run runs, I'm not going to run. But she decides to run anyway. And today she says she will not serve as vice president, which is a little presumptuous. She really doesn't stand for anything or loyal to anybody. This is my conclusion. What do you think? Well, she, I think she stands for something. I think she stands for her own pocketbook. And I think that's the answer. She left the U.N. in debt. Think about somebody who brags about being an accountant. It's interesting. She never passed the CPA exam. She claims to be an accountant and says we need an accountant in the White House. That's an accountant that made personal financial decisions that left her swimming in personal debt at the time she left the U.N., but then becomes a military contractor, then joins the board of Boeing, then gives secretive speeches to foreign actors, just like Hillary Clinton, and just like Biden, ends up a multimillionaire. So this is somebody who will say or do anything, and I think literally there's no boundary. I don't think there's literally any boundary, and others can – you know, look at a lot of the a lot of the facts I've cited and others that I haven't cited to say somebody who's going to literally do anything to advance her own position of power and profit for her pocketbook. So I do think she stands for something, Mark. Got to give her credit for that. But I think yeah, people ought to know what thing. that is. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that we need a better class of leadership in this country. And not only do I think someone like this, these aren't the kind of people you want as president. But I don't think. You know, if I was president, she would find no, no place near the White House in a cabinet position or otherwise. And, you know, I think that it's important that we learn from the experience of the past in our Republican Party to make sure that we don't recreate the mistakes we've made for the last two decades. You know, I went back and looked. She's the one that started these personal attacks on you. What do you think that's all about? I don't have a great sense for it. I mean, I can't impute her motives, but I, I, I tried to, you know, I, I was more or less ignoring it for a long time, but she was starting all kinds of personal attacks and mischaracterizing my policy positions and otherwise, and that's politics. I'm not here to whine about that. But when you have somebody who is as deeply hypocritical as she is, I think that that's a, that's a deep problem that goes to personal character where she doesn't actually have views of her own. She hadn't, until she was pressed, even stated whether she would support a federal abortion ban. will offer a lot of flowery language, but say that Congress... They can't get 60 votes. Let's level with the American people. Level with the American people. Just say, would you sign it, whether they served it up to you or not? And so I think that one issue after another, you think about the historical past, the military contracting firm that she and her husband ran, just tell us who the clients are. You know, I'm running for president. I've been a businessman, and I've released 20 years of tax records. 
That's something people advise me not to do. Well, I think if you're running for president, you ought to be transparent. She should put out her own track tax returns. So show how she went from being in debt when she left the U.N. to now becoming a multimillionaire, exploiting her government connections. She runs a military contracting firm. Tell us who the clients are. That kind of transparency is missing. And I think that you have somebody who's fundamentally going to say anything or do anything, and I literally mean anything, required to advance her own power and dominion. It's her record as governor. It's been her record as ambassador to the U.N., and it's been part of her record now in her career after leaving the U.N. And these are the kind of people that I think have made the Republican Party every bit as guilty as the Democrat Party in creating a lot of the problems that we suffer today. And, and I think it's going to take new people. She talked about a new generation of leadership. I think she's on the wrong side of that generational divide. I, I was not aware that she had not released her finances. I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's a reasonable question for journalists to ask, but the mainstream media that's propping her up. Well, she won't come on here. Listen, that, you tell everybody, yeah. you asked to come on, and you came on, and you're talking, and you're explaining things, and I'm concerned because everybody seems to be, not everybody, but a lot of these, these, these figures that I've spent my career battling, these corporatists, the establishment, yep. the rhinos, they're all moving towards her. And I'm trying to explain to the conservative base what's going on here. And I just want to say to Nikki Hale, if you don't like what Vivek is saying, you're welcome to come on the program anytime. But she won't. I, I think she should. I think, well, I think that people who are afraid of what they're hiding don't want you to ask the questions. I bet if, you, if, she, if she comes on, I bet she knows you'll ask her to release who are the clients of Allied Defense LLC, her privately held military contracting firm that lists her home address as their business address that she's made millions from. I'm sure you'd ask her that, and I'm sure she doesn't want to answer. But she can go on with, you know, CNBC or the other friendly left-wing networks to her now and get away with her identity politic card playing because the mainstream media and the left-wing media has decided that this is the kind of Republican that they can tolerate because they can control them. And so, Mark, you know, my, my view is this, is I would rather, and you and I don't agree on everything, that's fine, but let's have an open dialogue. Right? right, And I think that you are somebody who gets to the heart of corporatism, which is the merger between state power and private power, to do what neither can on its own. And that's what you and I share in common, exactly. is recognizing that that's the real threat. And she's the embodiment of that problem within the Republican Party. And so I think it would be great. I think it would be valuable service to the American people to hear a conversation between somebody who wants to run for president and one of the leaders in the conservative movement about the questions relating to the merger of state power and private power and the corruption of American politics and the transparency that our GOP primary voter base deserves from anyone running for president. And, you know, I've, I've been on with you numerous times and you've pressed me and, and that's great. I think that that's what we should go through. And I, I think she should have, you know what, the guts. She'll say that she wears heels. Well, let's see if she has the heels to show up for you. <laughs> By the way, Chris Christie won't either. What's that all about? That's not your yeah, problem. Well, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I can't speak for him, but uh, you know yeah. that he's 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 got he's a one he's a one trick pony, and he's licking Donald Trump's boots for years until he decides that he wants to make it a shtick that he's now anti-Trump. But I can't speak for him. I think he's running for president of New Hampshire, by the way. Um, I think he's running for president of MSNBC. <laughs> there you go. So. Well, you're welcome to come on. You just let us know. I really don't invite people on. If they want to come on, they come on. You know. So. Uh, yeah, great. We, well, we let's appreciate talk more you. about the about yeah. the weaponization of capital markets because I think that's something that that we, you and I could dive deeper on. It's happening even more now than it was a few years ago, but it's less visible today. Agree, a hundred percent. 
you know, a lot of conservatives back corporations, but more and more they're saying, wait a minute, they don't back us. They don't even believe in capitalism. All right, Vivek, good luck. Be safe out there. Thanks, Mark. Take it easy. All right, God bless. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. More breaking news on Media Matters, the Soros Front Group. This is from the post-millennial great site. Missouri Attorney General Office investigates allegations that Media Matters created accounts and gamed servers for hit piece targeting on Twitter. On Sunday, Republican Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey announced that his team is investigating left-leaning news Organization Media Matters, left-leaning, seriously, over allegations of criminal and civil violations. This comes after Musk announced that x will be launching a thermonuclear lawsuit, which he just filed, against the company on claims that Media Matters enacted a fraudulent attack on x and in an attempt to undermine freedom of speech and mislead advertisers. The allegation the Attorney General Bailey's office is investigating pertains to Recent findings that Media Matters allegedly created fake social media accounts to game the X servers in order to create false impressions for its hit piece on Musk. This is the allegation. These allegations went viral after they were shared on X by human events Jack Posebiak. Attorney General Bailey responded to a comment posted by billionaire Musk on X. Anyway. I don't need to get into the weeds here. The fact of the matter is they're going to get to the bottom of this now. And that's what you do with lawsuits and discovery and so forth. So that's two. You got the civil case Musk has brought. And you've got a criminal and civil investigation launched by the Attorney General of Missouri. And this is how you do it. You do to them what they do to us. But this is legitimate. Perfectly legitimate. Now, even though it's a little out of, out of uh, sync here, you only have a minute left <clears throat> in this segment, but when we come back, I want to give you a background on somebody. You know, background on somebody who has the Biden's ear, Blinken's ear. Of course, he's at the New York Slimes, as you might expect. This guy's won Pulitzer Prize after Pulitzer Prize, but the fact of the matter is, is a reprobate. And most of you who do not live in Washington, D.C., never heard of him for good reason. But when we come back, I want you to hear this. See you in a minute. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now. 877-381-3811. Elon Musk has brought a massive lawsuit against Media Matters, the Soros Front Group. The Attorney General of Missouri has opened a criminal and civil investigation. And now comes this breaking news that the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, he's opened an investigation into Media Matters for, quote, potential fraudulent activity. So that group is uh, getting it comeuppance. Attorney General Paxton was very troubled by the allegations that Media Matters, a radical anti-free speech organization, fraudulently manipulated data on X.com, Twitter. 
We're examining the issue closely to ensure the public has not been deceived by the schemes of radical left-wing organizations who would like nothing more than to limit freedom by reducing participation in the public square. But he's got them right. Now let's see if all these other media organizations are not going to back off and apologize. But he will not be deterred. Thomas Friedman is one of the most contemptible anti-Israel people in the media. For one of the most contemptible corporate media platforms, the New York Times. Most of you don't know a lot about him. Gerald Albacher, the author of 12 books, really a brilliant man, in a piece that he wrote not that long ago, November 18, 2023, says, Long ago during his undergraduate years at Brandeis University, Thomas Friedman joined a left-wing Jewish advocacy group that favored a two-state solution, Israel and Palestine, a peace solution along pre-1967 Six-Day War lines. In other words, Israel would never be able to defend itself. The center of Israel would be seven miles wide. That would deprive Israel of its biblical homeland in Judea and Samaria, commonly identified as Jordan's West Bank. Ever since, as New York Times Journalism Bureau Chief and columnist, he's risen to prominence as an unrelenting critic of Israel. Friedman's recent full-page opinion column on November 15, that's of last year, calling for a Biden-Mitty's peace plan, exemplifies his unrelenting castigation of Israel for its failure to embrace his solution, to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. His preference, predictably, is a Biden administration plan to create two states for two indigenous peoples living in the areas of Gaza, the West Bank, and Israel. In translation, Israel would relinquish its biblical homeland and be sandwiched between two Arab states, one of which is the Gaza Strip, which has recently demonstrated its determination to slaughter Israelis even when they are enjoying themselves dancing and singing within their recognized border. Friedman, to be sure, recognizes the Hamas atrocities that resulted in the murder of more than a thousand Israelis. It's actually this year, I apologize. But he cannot resist lacerating Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for his in-your-face rebuke of the recent suggestion by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken that Gaza be unified with the West Bank under the rule of the Palestinian Authority. Can you imagine that? Israel would then be sandwiched between these two Arab states. One of which Gaza has now horrifically demonstrated its determination to massacre innocent Jews. Friedman, not surprisingly, enthusiastically approves of the Blinken solution. It's because it's his. His laceration of Netanyahu is unrelenting. He reprimands the Israeli leader for his dependence on, quote, Jewish supremacists and settlers to prevent Palestinians from legitimate independent representation in Gaza or the West Bank, he says. Without supporting evidence, he castigates Netanyahu for, quote, campaigning in the middle of this war to stifle Palestinian Authority attempts to assert control over the territory. It is for Friedman time for Biden to make clear that the United States will not become Netanyahu's useful idiot. I've told you they want to support a coup against Netanyahu, and they've been doing that for years, and Friedman's been involved in it. 
Freeman is a sleazy POS. He's welcome on the show whenever he wants to, but he is a sleazy bastard. He really is. The writer anticipates that once the war ends, the Biden administration will, quote, lay down the principles of a fair peace. And I wrote about this over the weekend. For Friedman, fair means support for so-called moderate Palestinians, who it might be noticed, have yet to appear in Gaza. He imagines the time, how far into the future, he does not say, when Gaza will be governed by a legitimate Palestinian authority. And it goes on. Excuse me, and I take a cough break. Friedman's delusion is related by Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan, and Bahrain will collaborate in a plan to overhaul the Palestinian Authority. Purge its education. goes on and on and on. These guys are really quite stupid. They think they can re-engineer and remake the world into their image. And next time I talk to you about Friedman in the near future, I want you to know what a radical leftist he is in his background. Another guy that doesn't reveal who he is. Not his associations, who he is. A radical leftist who's welcome to speak in front of groups like J Street, a group of self-hating Jews who hate Israel. And some, and a lot of you are saying, what the hell is that? I'm telling you the truth. When you're radical left, when you're Marxist, when you're any of these things, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're trying to remake the world, remake a region, remake the United States, remake Israel, remake things. You're, you're in a constant, as Obama would say, effort to fundamentally transform. But what troubles me especially now is our media are so corrupt, so left-wing, that rather than revealing what's taking place, rather than reveal this cabal of these Obama people, now Biden people, the New York Times, the Soros front groups, rather than reveal it, they embrace it. They promote it. And so you're not getting the facts, you're not getting the truth. There's a whole world of things going on there that you're unaware of because they don't want you to be aware of it. As I speak, there is an effort right now with our administration, with Ehud Barak, a past failed prime minister, with Lapid, the leader of a minority party who has been desperate to become prime minister and was temporarily, but on his own he could never. He's an unpopular figure. With Tom Friedman, with Blinken, and others in this administration and Obama before them, to install to install somebody as Prime Minister of Israel who will accommodate their ideological demands. Our government, to an extent, was involved in the civil war that was taking place in Israel before they were attacked. Money is being raised by figures behind the scenes, dark money, to fund it. (coughs) Excuse me. And so if the Biden administration has its way, this is very important. Israel is losing soldiers. Israel's fighting a war to deliver the Palestinians a big brand new country. That's what they're trying to get done here. 
Yes. All right, Mr. Producer, where am I? I'm sorry, America. As the hour goes on, it gets a little tougher, but we're getting there. Let me pull this up. Here we go. It's not that painful, is it? I hope not. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, it is my desire and my intent to be here tomorrow. If I'm not here tomorrow, and as I say, it's my intent to be here. I want to wish you all a fantastic Thanksgiving. Nothing like being around family. And of course, nothing like having a fantastic Thanksgiving dinner, in my view. It's my favorite holiday of all. And there is much to be thankful for, and there's much to be worried about. But at least at Thanksgiving, it's a great time to try and relax, to try and talk family talk. And uh, one of the things I love about it is everyone else likes to cook and I don't, so I just kind of hang back. And it's one of the few days of the year where I don't have to watch what I'm eating. Or even more, my wife doesn't have to watch what I'm eating. You know, people come up to her all the time when we're together and they say to her, take care of him, we want him to live, take care of him, take care of him. And she looks at me, and the reason she looks at me is, my poor wife is worn out from telling me, stop eating all of that, lose a little weight, do this, do that. And so when people come up to her and say, take care of him, well, the point is I have to listen. I have to take care of myself. But here's the dirty little secret, Mr. Brown. I've lost 12 pounds. Nothing special. Just eat less. I'm still hungry, but I just say that's enough already. But not on Thanksgiving. And here's the other great thing about Thanksgiving. Most of my family... Not the blood family, the other part of the family, my wife's family. They love dark meat. They love the thighs. They love the dark meat. They think it's... I, and most of the people on my side of the family, we like the breast meat, the white meat. So there's always plenty for me, Mr. Producer. You know what I'm saying? It's the best to me. Anyway, I'm very strategic about how I eat and when I eat. And I, I want to say a few other things. I know people attack them. I am very proud of Fox. I'm very proud of the Murdochs. Look what they've been doing during the course of this war. You don't have hosts who are rooting for the enemy. They're not using Hamas photographers and videographers. They're laying out what's going on. And they're providing a perspective, not a Hamas perspective, an American perspective. And the overwhelming majority of people who are doing this are not Jewish. They're Christian. They're Gentiles. And, I mean, absolutely remarkable, absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. 
in my view. Same at Newsmax, OAN. Same at so many of these conservative places. Blaze, fantastic. Breitbart, fantastic. Right Scoop, fantastic. Bongino Report, fantastic. Daily Wire, terrific. And many, many others, please. I won't be able to name them all. Newsbusters has been incredible, my buddy Brent Bozell. And again, they're not alone. But on the left, you get hate and poison and Nazism and so forth and so on. It's just sickening. Comcast should be ashamed of itself for the crap that they put on MSNBC. It's disgusting. CNN, I believe, not the reporters, their hosts are trying to right the ship a little bit, but their reporters are disgusting, particularly overseas. They are awful. All right, America, you're the best. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. The freedom fighters are truckers. And the men and women and children in Israel, we do stand with you, unlike the Biden administration. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope to see you tomorrow. God bless.